Hey guys, Tony Palo here from Equipping for Life. I am here. I'm here to help you. I'm here to equip you. I'm here to coach you. I'm here to empower you. I'm here to teach you tactical tools to overcome. I hope you enjoyed today's podcast and we'll see you guys around. Genesis 39, part five of Joseph, the story. And today we're, we're, we're on uh, to his temptation. We're just there. for. Um, um, we're stuck in chapter 39, actually, for, for, for a bit, right, Pastor Mike, for a couple of minutes. And, um, and I got stuck on the temptation part here that I am just all about this part here. And, um, and you know, we started the Pre- Restoration Church School of Preaching, and we have... We have nine students that graduated. We have four students left that will be randomly drawn. Come on now. And those students are, Stan, if you're here, we have, well, they should be here. Noel, Stan, James is in the back. Wait, where's Hope? Hope left. Oh, Beth is in the back. And then we have Hope that she's supposed to be here, and she's not here, but we'll figure it out. And so part... So, four students left where we randomly draw their name, right, Pastor Donovan? Right. And they have five minutes to preach a message on tonight's topic of temptation. Temptation. So, this is it, Genesis 39, verse 7. But after a while, his master's wife took notice in Joseph and said, come to bed with me. One thing about temptation, it's always obvious. We say, it's, I don't know where it came from. Potiphar's just wife, Potiphar's just kind of crept on to, I don't know where she get. Oh, no. It's, see, the dev, one thing about the devil is he's been using the same tactics since Adam and Eve. Notice he doesn't change much. You know, if you own a business or if you, 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 you create some kind of system, you always kind of upgrade it, change it, tweak it, advance it. The enemy has been using the same tactics of temptations on you and me, and it's been working for thousands of years. He doesn't change it up. So this is what he said. She says, come to bed with me. You okay, Hope? All right, good. She's back. (laughs) Your name may be picked. Did you hear what Mike said? You're in trouble. Don't do that again. Okay. Verse 8, but he refused. With me in charge, he told her, my master does not concern himself with anything in the house. Everything he owns, he has entrusted to my care. No one is greater in this house than I am. My master has withheld nothing from me except you because you are his wife. How then can I do such a wicked thing and sin against God? And though she spoke to Joseph day after day, he refused to go to bed with her and even be with her. One day, he went into the house to attend to his duties and none of the household servants were inside. Okay, hint. Red flag when it comes to temptation, okay? Joseph comes to the house like he does every day. He notices, the Bible says, the household servants weren't around. Hello, red flag. Take a personal day, Joseph, and don't go to work. Don't do what a lot of people do. They call in sick when they're not. That's lying, right? Just one side note. And none of his servants were inside. She caught him by his cloak and said, come to bed with me. Again, but he left his cloak in her hand, ran outside of the house, 
And when she saw that he left his cloak in her hand and had run out of the house, she called her household servants. Look, she said to him, this Hebrew has been brought to us to make sport of us. He came in here to sleep with me, but I screamed. And when he heard me scream for help, he left his cloak beside me and ran out of the house. She kept his cloak. Joseph's ha- Joseph has a problem with cloaks. This is the second one he lost. When he heard me scream for help, he left his cloak and ran out. And, 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 and verse uh, 17. Then she told him this story. That Hebrew slave you brought us came to me to make sport of me. But as soon as I screamed for help, he left his cloak beside me and ran out of the house. When his master heard the story of his wife, told him, saying, this is how you treat me? This is how your slave has treated me? He burns with anger. Joseph's master took him and put him in prison, the place where the king's prisoners were confined. This is one of those cases where it's, it's like, it's almost, it almost seems like everything started to make sense. Joseph goes from slave to steward to master. He's a master of the household. And, and things were kind of starting. He was like, wow, yeah, I had this dream, and now things are starting to make sense. Not. You ever been in that place in your life where it's like, oh, thank you. Gee, oh, okay, never mind. It's like, oh, thank you. Oh, a rescue. Oh, okay. But you know what? Favor, you got to be discerning when you see favor. Because this here is an example of favor. Joseph gets put into the prison where Pharaoh's prisoners are kept. And this is where Joseph got Pharaoh's attention. But this is another story. We don't want to go too ahead. So Joseph is in Egypt for 10 years. He moves throughout the process from being slave to steward to a master. And everything starts to almost fall into place now. God's providence moves Joseph into a position and, and, and bam, just out of nowhere, temptation hits. Out of nowhere. And the interesting part of where we are at with Joseph is that Joseph highlights Potiphar's favor on Joseph. So one of the things that Joseph says is, listen, things have been entrusted to me. Things have been given to me, and I'm not going to betray that trust. You see, the temptation didn't come to Joseph when Joseph was in the pit. Temptation didn't come to Joseph when Joseph was in the prison. Temptation came to Joseph when things started to look good when things started to fall in favor, and temptation seems to come right after God entrusts you with something. Joseph was prosperous, then temptation comes. So today we're going to talk about recognizing temptation from far away, seeing it, okay? And I got to tell you, don't allow the enemy to know you better than you know you. None of us here should be like, I don't know, I don't know what happened. I just... Blacked out, and now I'm in the bar drinking. I don't know, Pastor Tony. It's just, you see it from afar off. Much like David, where the Bible says, on, on, the, on the season when kings were off to battle, David was on the roof. If you're doing the right thing at the right time, following the leading of the Lord, you're not going to find yourself in position of doing the wrong thing. This is how it works. I remember when I was pastoring in Ohio, the gentleman I, walked, I was working with, he just loved his beer. He was an alcoholic. He just loved drinking beer. And he says to me, he says, I've tried everything, Pastor Tony, and I've tried this. I was in the bar one day, and I said, God, if you want me to stop drinking, you'll stop me right now. 
Here's the deal. You don't want the enemy to know your soul better than you know yourself. Every, every plane, I understand, has this black box in it. So if, a, if the plane crashes, if the helicopter cr crashes, they look for the black box. And in the black box is a flight recorder. And in that black box, they can discover why that plane crashed. Okay? So the last time you crashed, you know what's in that black box. Let's think about it now. Last time that you, you fell into temptation, you sinned, you gave into the addiction, you gave into the pornography, you gave into the alcohol, you gave into the drugs, you gave into the gambling, you gave into the painkillers. Painkillers. Somebody here is addicted to painkillers and you've justified it because you're in pain, but now it's masking more than your pain. It's masking your ability to be led by the Spirit. You crash. You listen to that flight recorder. You know exactly, exactly what happened here. And Joseph came to, and, and it's interesting how the Bible says he came to work one day and the servants weren't there. So when you come to home and you know that the fellow servants are not there, you go, time out a second. Hey, Potiphar, listen, I'm, I have two personal days and I'm going to take one. Everything okay? Yeah, I'll talk to you later about it. I don't really feel led to talk to you about it. Uh, about. Take a personal day. Yeah. The Spirit of God, because you're led by the Spirit of God, He will let you know from afar. He will let you know by actually having you smell the smoke first. When you smell the smoke, you go, you smell smoke? I smell smoke. And we don't do anything about it, but then all of a sudden you feel heat. But then after a while, you still don't do anything about it. And then you see the, the flames licking underneath the bottom of, of the door. And then all of a sudden, let me tell you something. When you're being tempted, how close is too close? Let me tell you, Joseph was too close. Because if Potiphar's wife is taking off your cloak, you're too close. And if you smell her perfume, you're too close. We think Joseph was like on another floor. All innocent. Well, first of all, Joseph was a man. Right? So we think Joe, this just happened and Joseph just ran. The Bible says it, happened, it was happening day after day. And then finally she just had to say, come to sleep with me. Because Joseph just was oblivious. He was feeling the pull, feeling the temptation. See, the problem is here is Joseph was close enough for her to take his cloak off. The second cloak he lost. His first cloak represented royalty. Lost that. His second cloak represented authority. Lost that. And the Lord woke me up, Pastor Donovan. I woke up 3 o'clock in the morning. Just like, and it's so interesting because this is about dreams, right? Joseph has this dream. God has access to parts of your heart that the devil does not have access to. God has access to parts of your, God has access to your heart that temptation will attempt to reach. This is temptation here. That temptation will attempt to reach. So I love the fact that God speaks to us in dreams. And now in this church, if you have a dream, we could joke around and say, oh, it must have been the pepperoni pizza you ate. But in this church, what I would like to say, and for us to get it to you to say, if you have a dream, discover, discern, and get with somebody that will help you discern that dream. Because maybe God is speaking to you. And I shared this with you about a month ago that I've been convicted that I know when God speaks to me in a dream, we say, it's so powerful, that's great. But for me... Is because I'm so busy during the day, the only time you can get my attention is when I'm sleeping. 
The only time. And he speaks to Joseph while he's sleeping. So 3 o'clock in the morning. Everybody say, that's really early. I found myself making myself a cup of coffee at 3. Because I knew I wasn't going back to bed. Usually I'm like, Lord, okay, go ahead, speak. Then I'm like, okay, I have, it's 3.30. If I go to bed now, it's 4.30, 5.30. So I still could sleep to two and a half hours. I knew I wasn't going to sleep. But you know what was interesting is I woke up and the Lord spoke to me about the cloak. About, and he says, you know who else lost their covering? Adam and Eve. They had a covering. Well, they didn't know that they had a covering because they didn't really have a covering. But they didn't know that they had a covering because they were innocent. And when you're blemished by sin, like they were, then they start a covering made out of what? Go ahead. No trick question. Leaves, fig leaves. I'm not here to trick you. I'm not that kind of person. And they made a, a covering for themselves, fig leaves. Why? Because they realized that they were naked and ashamed and felt guilty. Which shame and guilt is the love language of the enemy. And God comes and says, listen, what is going on here? And what he did was he now gave us insight into the plan of salvation by shedding the blood of an animal and providing a covering for them and says, listen, I'm giving you insight into one day, according to Romans chapter 4, verse 7, that you would be covered by the blood of Jesus Christ and you no longer have to be ruled by shame and guilt. So this is a covering. Don't you dare lose your covering. Don't you dare lose that cloak of anointing that's on your life. That covering that protects you against the attacks of the enemy. That covering that protects you. He who walks in the shadow of the Almighty will, will be sheltered under his shadow. And the beautiful thing about his shadow, it's not the wings. Wings, I mean, what's a wing going to do? It's not about the wing itself. It's the fact that you're being hidden. And when you're hidden, you're covered by his protection, thereby making you invisible to the attacks of the enemy. Oh, I feel like I'm getting attacked all the time. Well, that's a problem. Making yourself available to the temptations of the enemy. You smell the smoke. This is, and, and this is what Genesis 39, 7 says. This is interesting. He says, and it came to pass after all these things. His, his wife's, the wife's master cast her eyes on Joseph. Obviously, we know it's not about the eyes. It's about the heart. So Potiphar entered stage left Potiphar's wife. And according to this passage... After all these things, well, after all what things? Joseph was favored. He was blessed. He was favored by God. He was favored by Potiphar. He was prosperous. He was in a position. He was in a, wow, God, I feel like things are going well. Boom! Temptation comes. See, when God entrusts you with something, don't expect the devil to agree with that process. Don't expect him to agree with the promise. Don't expect him to agree with anything that God wants to accomplish in your life. But the Bible says, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. So I read this story, and the first thing I want, I mean, Joseph was close. And when you're close to temptation, see 1 Corinthians 10, 13, says there's no temptation that is common to man, Right? Uh, that has seized you, that will, cap, will that, that will get a hold of you, except that which is common to man. But God is faithful and will make a way out. So one version says there's a window of escape. Everybody say, window of escape. Whatever you're facing, whatever your temptation is, 
there's always a window. But what happens is the more I dwell on that temptation, if you're close to Pharaoh's wife, guess what happens to that window? It seems to get smaller. Window of escape is always available. The escape hat. As soon as you smell the smoke, get out. If you get to the house and there's nobody there, hello, get out. Oh, pastor, I want to go witness to my friends. Um, I've been sober for three and a half weeks and I want to go in the bar and witness to my friends. You better not. Well, they need to know about Jesus. God will use somebody else. It won't be you. Get a couple of decades under your belt. Use wisdom here, ladies and gentlemen. Let's use wisdom. Don't allow the enemy... If somebody said, I feel like the devil's using me as a doormat. Stop. I know this sounds kind of simplistic, but just. The devil only has as much power as I give him. He doesn't want any space in my head. He, I'm not going to allow him any property. I'm not going to allow him to remove the authority, the covering that's on me, the cloak of royalty, the cloak of redemption, the cloak of authority. It's not going to be stolen by the enemy. But the key thing about temptation, temptation is used to steal. The devil comes but to notice So if he can steal, if he can make you doubt, he steals. He stole from you. If he could make you fearful, he stole from you. He doesn't have to make you backslide and, and make you go to hell. He doesn't mind if you get to heaven as long as you have a miserable time here on earth. If he can, if he can have hell on earth, pastor, I feel like it's hell on earth every time. Well, you're doing something wrong. Jesus says my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So he comes to steal. So temptation is designed to steal from you. So if he could take you right there and dismantle you and make you afraid and make you filled with fear, God has deposited something in your spirit and temptation is used to try to steal that. What is that? What what did he deposit into Joseph? The dream. Man, when God gives me a word. When you're in revival, be careful, be mindful of your surroundings. Be careful who you surround yourself with. Be careful who, if you're sharing your dreams with people and they're saying, this is just, you know, oh boy, it was that bagel. Get a different circle. But temptation is real. And this was the second time that Joseph's clothing was used to bring a false report about him. Both times he was faithful. No matter what happens, be faithful. And you know the temptation now, the temptation part is designed to uh, uh, tap into your appetite. Your appetite is that depth. Jesus says, my sheep know my voice. Not this, but this. David says, I will bless the Lord, all my soul and everything, all my spirit, in the Hebrews, all my spiritual organs, is everything in me, my intestines is going to bless the Lord. So when, when God saved you, he tapped into something that the enemy can't touch. Can't touch this. Now some of you finished it. And, and so here, here we have now that dream that the temptation is attempting to dismantle, but it's so amazing that in God's providence, See, Joseph thinks, you know what? I may have lost my cloak, but I still got my character. 
man, I lost a lot, but I kept one thing. See, it takes, an, it takes a long time to work on your character, one bad decision to dismantle everything and see that house of cards fall down. And Joseph lost everything, but he sat in prison saying, I didn't deny my God. And so Joseph would say, I can't do that because, man, I built trust with Potiphar. Just think about the people who you're going to hurt. Think about your, your, your family. Think about your spouse. Think about your friends. Think about your children. Think about your church. Yeah. But the enemy knows the recordings that go on in that flight recorder. Crash and burn. Had a bad month. Did you listen to see what was going on beforehand? Before the temptation was happening. Before it was occurring. Somebody, you know, those, those innocent gambling games you download on your phone, huh? This is fun. It's free. Yeah, but then every once in a while, boop. You know, you, you want to hear that noise again? Boop. Somebody's got these gambling things on your phone, and you're just losing all kinds of money from an app. That's an addiction. So that addiction is attempting to tap into a part of your heart that God says, only I belong there. Something is attempting to slip into that reserve sign only. Only I can sit there. This is a reserve. This, oh, this is VIP st status here. And you're trying to, this temptation is attempting to make its way into that part of your heart that only I have access to. You know, I know the Bible says if, you sin cut, causes you, if your hand causes you to sin and cut it off, so much easier to pay attention to what causes you, your hand to reach, right? Your appetite is the very thing that the enemy will come at you with temptation. The appetite is that deep craving, that deep, David says, bless the Lord, oh my, that deep transfer from heaven that redeemed my heart. That's what the enemy's after, but he, he can't, he, can't, he don't have access to that. So if I have an appetite, let's say I have a desire one night at 11.30 p.m. for salt and vinegar chips. Just an example. <laughs> Crazy example. I was just trying to reach for something. That's the first thing that came to my mind. I'm going to ask, honey, do we have salt and vinegar chips? She goes, no. But she has a secret spot. She hides salt and vinegar chips on me, Mike. And if... And if they're in the house, I will find them. Why? Because I have an appetite for them. The appetite will cause me to crave. The crave is the reach. Okay? So I could use the Bible and say, cut my hand off because it's caught me in sin. Or I could take a step back and pay attention to my appetite. Okay? So you could say, Lord, if you want me to stop drinking, you'll stop me right now. Or we could take a step back because God's not a cop. We could take a step back and say, God, change my appetite. Change the things that I'm longing for. The flight recorder, the black box keeps saying the same thing. And I keep messing up. I got to pay attention to my appetite. And James 1.14 says it clearly. Says it clearly. This is what it says. But each person is tempted when they are dragged away by their own evil desire and enticed. That's what it says. Then after desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And sin, when it is full grown, gives birth to death. This is what the Message Bible says. We have no one to blame but the leering, seducing flare-up of our own lust. Lust gets pregnant. Everybody say, wow. And has a baby. And the baby's name is sin. 
Sin grows up to adulthood and becomes a real killer. So you know what the enemy does? Because according to the book of James, the enemy comes at you, sizes you up, knows what's inside of you, and custom tailors a temptation that's going to fit you perfectly. The devil is a tailor, but the devil's a liar. I have a tailor. He's on Charles Street. He's like 89 years old. His name is Rocco. And he'll just look at my suit. He'll go, okay, take it off. I mean, don't you want to like kind of pinch it in? And he goes, no, I look, I, I'm, I've been doing this 60, 62 years. Take it off. This is the enemy. He's been doing it so long. He goes, okay, you're good. I'm going to get something special for you. My thing, my affinity is blue suits. I love blue suits, Pastor Donovan. So when I go to Macy's and I see blue suits and it's on clearance, I don't know what happened. I just black out and there's a blue suit in my closet. So what do I do? I don't go to the blue suit section in Macy's. Maybe it's best I don't go to Macy's. Maybe it's best I just don't go to the mall. But the problem is my wife will go to Macy's and she'll go to the, she'll try on dresses and I'm like, I'll be, I'm just going to walk around. And if I see the blue suit section from afar, I can't go. See, if you know blue suits are your thing, stay away. If you can smell Potiphar's wife's perfume, you're too close. If she has the ability to rip that cloak off of you, you're too, you're too close. If you can see the sweat on her forehead, you're too Why do we get that close? So I bring my blue suit to Rocco. Hey, Rocco. The enemy, and he's, he's been doing this, and it's just, he doesn't switch it up. It's the same play, same technique, and according to this, it's the same temptation. Same, like, what's your kryptonite? By now, you should already know what your vice is. And by now, we shouldn't really have any vices because we're led by the spirit, not by the flesh. By now, we should know. Yep, this is it. Blue suits are my thing. I've been sober. I haven't bought a suit, blue suit in 50 years. Maybe then I can walk around the blue suit section and witness the people who are trying to buy, buy a blue suit. But use wisdom here, ladies and gentlemen. The techniques of the enemy are fueled by your own evil desires. James 1.14 says, it, again, each person is tempted when they are dragged away, enticed, seduced. Now, interesting because that context in the book of James is talking about trials and temptation. So in the context of James chapter 1, we're talking about trials, which is a test. So a trial, which is a test, is designed to further produce perseverance and the perfection of your faith. But the test, which is temptation, is also a testing of your faith, but it's designed to dismantle your faith, not develop your faith. So this is why James says, don't say God is testing you. This is not God trying to take you down. This is God trying to develop you. God spoke to Joseph in a dream. This is so amazing that God can speak to you in REM sleep. The enemy doesn't have access. I'm sorry, dude. <laughs> you know, hey, hey, absolutely not. I know Jesus says I stand at the door of your heart. You know, I stand at the door and knock. Jesus should not be having to knock. He spoke to you. That dream 
touches a part of your heart that only God has access to. He has this. And then Joseph makes the right decision. Well, it didn't feel like it was the right one. Because when you lose, when, I mean, have you ever had a loss as a result of making the right decision? Just because you lost something doesn't mean it's a loss. Understand that. I just lost so many friends. Well, they weren't going where you're headed. So you, you got to switch it up, ladies and gentlemen. And those people who keep inviting you to drinks on Friday night, I'll tell you what, it ain't Diet Coke and coffee. Two skills. I'm going to help you. Two skills here to overcome temptation. Two skills. The first skill is, and I kind of don't like this word, but know your trigger. I kind of don't like it because we have, the church has elevated trauma. We talk so much about our trauma, we don't talk enough about redemption. Okay, I hear what happened to you, but how are you going to reframe through the power of the anointing of the cross as a result? How is that trauma going to turn into a testimony? And we keep using the word, I've been triggered. Some of y'all are just triggered by anything on Facebook. I could post a picture of a puppy and trigger you. I get it. It happened, and we have to acknowledge it, but not elevate it. Because once we acknowledge it, then we can acknowledge the power of God that rescued us from the trauma. But why is it that we're still walking around easily triggered? How is it that you can have a good day and then have somebody swing you into a road rage in in a second? How how is it that you could just, just like that, A mood, a person, a smell can send you into a tizzy forgetting the promises of God. What triggers you? Your triggers are your traps. Lord, I want to be trigger free. I want to be healed. I went through trauma, but this is my testimony. See, the enemy wants you to elevate and escalate the trauma because then you don't have a testimony. But you know that God is healing you when you're able to talk about your trauma and someone else is free from it. Your temptations work well in secret. What is, what is your trigger? Whatever it is, it's like, can't tell anybody. Man, the best thing you could do if you're a guy and you're, you're stuck in pornography is go to the men's group on Tuesday night and, and tell the men. Well, Pastor, they'll, they'll tell everybody, good! Because let me tell you, temptations don't do well when it's out in the light. That's right. Right. You don't want to be as sick as your secrets. Right. You don't want any secrets. Right. Live out in the open. Live out in the light. The light of Christ. Only sec- secrets and temptations do well. They are fertilized in darkness. Yeah. Temptation feeds off of secrecy. Talk about it. Be open about it. Salt and vinegar chips, I have a problem. <laughs> Do you realize, can I confess something? I can down a whole bag. In fact, last year when I had COVID, I finished off an entire bag of salt and vinegar chips, and I was like, I can't taste these. <laughs> I was like, let me test it. Bring another bag over here. What do you got? Salt and vinegar, salt and vinegar Pringles? That'll do. I could reach down to the bottom. Reach down, just, I know. It's just something the Lord is working. I just, I, but if that's the thing, it's that, and then my wife will buy it. I'm like, you got to stop. I blame her. No. 
Anyway, let's move on. Trigger. Don't trigger me. Then I'll be like, why did you buy me so many chips? But yeah, I'm using that. I, I know it's, it's funny, but let, let's, let's personalize it for you, whatever it is. Whatever addiction, whatever, whatever it is that the enemy, like how is it that the enemy knows us better than we know ourselves? How is it that we allow the enemy to dictate what our personality test should look like? What are we doing, man? What are we, I mean, there's a reason why you go into cruise ships. Notice, notice Pastor Donovan, lady said, when you go to eat, you got to walk through the casino. <laughs> those, that, those quarters are about to fall. <laughs> One quarter. One time we walked through a casino and there's an Asian guy giving us quarters. I'm like, get thee behind me, Satan. I'll take one. Because <laughs> there's a roll here that's about to fall. Jehovah Jireh. See, the, the world knows. The systems of this world know. You walk through all these. I just want to get bananas. You got to walk through every aisle. Because the enemy will make you spend more money than you want to spend, take you further than you want to go, and take you in the dark places that you never designed to go. And then at the end, you're left having all these regrets. All these regrets. So when you get to Potiphar's house and the servants are not there, Run. Run! That window of escape. The more you dwell on that temptation, that window gets smaller. But God always provides a way of escape. Key thing about this trigger and this temptation, man, talk about it. Put it out in the open. James 5.16 says, confess your fault one to another. Oh, last time I confessed my fault, it got all out in the open and people thought I had issues. Well, you do. <laughs> so that you may be healed. So that you may be whole. So that you could be free. So I love the men's group on Tuesday night and the women's group on Tuesday night, man. And you know what? When we share, and the 12-step group, oh my gosh. Let me tell you, if, if things are shared in the 12-step group and you leak it out, you're dead meat. Well, that's a little exaggerating, but, but you know, but, you know, we don't, may, put yourself in a place where you have a trustable spirit. Is that a word? I don't know if it's a word. Be, a tr be someone that someone can come to and say, I'm really struggling here, man. Every time I, I go home late at night, there's no one around. See, when I teach people, check that black box. What's in it? You fall in temptation. What's the prerequisite three or five things that happened before that temptation? Well, what happened was I got to the house and then one was home. Boom, red flag, run. Take a day off. Well, what happened was all my friends I used to hang around with are at the bar and I saw them and I honked and I made a U-turn. Don't make U-turns. What happened was, I, I say I'm not going to go on that app anymore, and I download it, and I just don't delete it. But I tell you what, man, I'm so grateful that God, when he forgives, yes. you know, because when you delete stuff over your computer, there's a history, there's a cloud. It's off of your computer, but it's up there somewhere. But when you're forgiven, God don't have a cloud. 
Bible says he chooses to forget your sin. He removes your sin as far as the east is from the west. And he makes a choice, a deliberate choice to not ever remember your sin. So if your sin's remembered, it's not him, it's you. It's not him. So the first skill is to discern. This is what triggers me, man. This is what's in my black box. This is every time I pass through that section, I get this thumping in my heart. I'm like, I know what triggers you. Secondly, live out, and this seems kind of elementary, live out the behaviors inspired by the Holy Spirit. Paul says it in Galatians 5, 17. He says it so clearly that the the Spirit gives us desires that are opposite from the desires of the flesh. So you're saved. Everybody say, I'm saved. saved. My heart only belongs to Jesus. That's it. And as a result of that, everything that I do now, I'm hardwired. The cross has hardwired me to be an overcomer. So I'm slanted. I'm biased towards overcoming. The cross enables me to overcome. So I can discern temptation from a mile away because he gives us desires. We are a new creation. Old things have passed away become all things that become new. Read the word. It'll change your appetite. And as a result, it'll change your reach. I keep reaching for the same things. I can cut my hand off or I could say, God, deep within me. Jesus said, my sheep, they know, not here. He says, they know an experiential knowledge and awareness, a redemptive power of transformation and restoration that only God can touch in my life. My sheep know my voice. I was in Saudi Arabia um, in 1991, and we had to dig these foxholes. In my platoon, which was about 40, 45 people, we had squads, which was about six people. And every time we would move, Pastor Mike, in the middle of the desert, my squad, each squad was res- responsible for digging their own foxhole. So it was foxhole all around the perimeter. The problem with my squad is that you had to dig the foxhole as the depth of the tallest person's chest. So everybody was mad at me. They're like, thanks a lot, Palo. And if you were shorter than me, we just threw down a couple of sandbags for you to step on. So as you pulled guard duty, so my guard duty one day was like 130 degrees, and I could see it was a flat plane. And I saw these two gentlemen walking close together, had my scope, and they seemed like they were miles away. They probably were. They were walking, these two Arab men walking towards each other, um, flanked with sheep, probably about 60 sheep coming towards together, right? They're walking to, and I could hear, hear faint talking and chattering with all the wind and the breeze and they were talking in Arabic and they did the Arabic, the typical Arabic greeting and when they did the typical Arabic greeting, all the sheep the 30 and the 30 sheep all came together intermingled and it's just like you just kind of like, who's is who? How do they know what sheep belongs to who? And so when they were done with their Typical greeting, they, they gave each other a kiss on the cheek, they hugged each other, and they walked the opposite way. And almost simultaneously, they walked, turned around, and they went, hey, psst. and all the sheep kind of stood at attention, and, and they followed their master. They followed their shepherd. How did, that, how did that happen? Here's the deal. May you respond only to the voice 
of Jesus. There's too many things in life causing you to do this and go, okay, what, what, what is it? I, I mean, what, what, what's causing you to get your attention and make terrible decisions? What's causing you to get your attention to think, I don't know here. Maybe this makes sense. What's causing, you to, what's causing you to get the attention of the wrong voices now and losing out on the window of escape? So the wife falsely accused Joseph. And then Joseph, now this is an example of favor that we can't miss. So the typical punishment for a servant caught in adulterous or rape is execution. So did Potiphar believe Joseph? Did, she, did he believe the wife? No, because he throws him in prison that was kept the prisoners of Pharaoh instead of executing him. This is the covering of God on your life. God is covering you. I'm covered by the blood of Jesus. God, you have done so much in my life. Nothing can ever complicate his covering on my life, his covering on my marriage, his covering on my children, his covering on my home, his covering on this church. Don't you complicate the plan of God on your life and make the process longer than it needs to be by making decisions that are uninspired by heaven. Come on, man. If you smell the smoke, Get out. You smell the perfume. Get run. But don't you lose that covering that God has on your life. Don't you lose that anointing that God is taking you. Think about your testimony. I mean, it had nothing to do with you. All you said was yes. But man, Joe, you had to go through a lot. Think about the faithfulness of God. Long term. 5, 10, 20, 30. Sheila, how many years have you been clean sober? 46 years. That right there, the devil kind of ticks him off. Good. And so the enemy will come and try to access parts of your heart that can only respond to the voice of God. Three o'clock in the morning. I didn't hear God's audible voice, but something woke me up. I was like, looked at the time, looked at my, you know, like, because I like sleep, Pastor Mike. I like my sleep. I see your hand. I like a sleep anointing. But God woke me up from a deep sleep with the question, Adam and Eve lost their covering. And then they try to provide their own covering, which didn't work. You're trying to provide your own covering? It just, it will not work. The fig leaves will not work. Follow the path of redemption. It will always work. So, if this is what your vice is right here, take five steps back. How did it all start? You should ask yourself that question. Joseph, what happened? What happened was I went to work. What happened was this is not the first time. 
David, tell us what happened. Well, what happened was I went on the balcony and I should have been at war because the rest of the kings were in battle at war and I was in the balcony and then I saw her. Take five steps back. Know yourself under the anointing of the Holy Spirit and use the power of discernment. Oh, we can discern demons and we can discern witchcraft and we can discern all this stuff. But man, we can't even discern our own thoughts and our own actions. Know ourselves. David said, Lord, you see, you see if there be any wicked way in me. Because David was like, hey, I'm doing pretty good. I've asked for forgiveness. It's been a couple of years since Bathsheba. I'm doing pretty good. But Lord, you see if there be. You search me with the flashlight of heaven and see if there be any wicked way in me. And the enemy will try. I'm tell you something. The enemy will want to expose you to destroy you. God will expose you to redeem you. Either way, you will be exposed. Either way, it'll come to the surface, man. So you might as well just say, God, it's on the table. This is me. Oh, what a wretched man I am. But thanks be to God, there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. I'm redeemed. I'm bought with the price. I am not my own. You can't do. You are not free. Well, I'm going to do my own thing. No, you can't do your own thing. If you have that mindset, you're in bondage. What causes you to be free is living under the power and the anointing of who Christ is in your life. Whatever it is, what's your vice? What's that struggle? What's that thing that keeps your triggers become your traps based on the trauma of the past? Let God redeem you. Let God heal you. Let God, let God touch you. You don't have to be in Luke cutting your hand off because it's causing you to sin. Take a step back and say, God, redeem my appetite, Lord. I want to read your word. David says, your word have I hidden in my Again, the place that only God has access to. That I may not do anything stupid. Tony Paolo version. Let God... He says, your word have I put in the deep recesses, the vault, the safe of my heart, that nothing's going to master me but the master, that only God is in control of my thoughts and my patterns, my, my dreams. David said, in my sleep, you counsel me. In my sleep, while I'm snoring, anybody here snoring? You don't have to. While I'm snoring. God is speaking to the deep recesses of your heart using what? The treasure that you have hidden down there. If you're not hiding this, you got nothing to work with. But if you got some arsenal, you're hiding this treasure, you're hiding the toolbox, the toolbox of heaven has been given to you. Hide it in your heart. Now we got something to work with. Now we got something to work with. Have the team come up. We're going to take partake of communion. And, and I love communion. In, in this morning's, this afternoon's context, man, this is community, unity, where Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, on the night he was betrayed, he partakes of a meal to represent his sacrifice. We're going to sing this song and Pastor Josiah is going to lead this song. And as he leads this song, you're going to be given the elements. to give you some time to navigate the opening of the elements. And if you have a relationship with Christ, we invite you to partake with us.
But you know what? Not, not, not everyone here may have a relationship with Jesus. If you don't have a relationship with Jesus, that means that when Jesus comes back, we were watching the news and they were making for yeah, there's Christians that still believe there's going to be Jesus coming back. They were making fun of Christians. It was a local cable network. They believe in the rapture. Jesus is coming back. Read the news, Russia, China. And you know, one of the things that's happening is, um, I just found this out last, uh, last couple of days, is Ukrainian Jews are coming back to Israel. So if you know your Bible, you said yes. Why? Because in the last days, all the, Is all the Jews are going to come back to Israel. Ukrainian Jews are coming back to Israel. And you know what Jesus is doing with the angel? Brush off that trumpet. Hasn't been used. It's got a little dust on it. Because one day the trumpet is going to sound in the twinkling of an eye. Right, Pastor George? Just like that. And if you don't have a relationship with Christ, oh, Pastor Tony, are you trying to scare me? If you don't have a relationship with Christ, it's scary. But I want to make sure that if you don't have, not religion, if you grew up in the church, you went to church all your life, you grew up Catholic, it, it's not religion. This is relationship. If you do not have that connection with Jesus, that, that he lives in your heart, you've surrendered your soul, I want to make sure that you have that before we leave today. If you don't have a relationship with Jesus, if you just raise your hand, and once I acknowledge you, you can put your hand down. I want to pray with you. Anybody, if you don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ, just raise your hand, and I'll pray with you. Anybody here? It's an important moment now, because this is what, March 27th? You're given an opportunity to get right with Jesus. And if you're not right with Jesus, 1241... March 27th, the pastor is giving a call for salvation. We want to make sure that you have that connection, that peace with him. And if you don't, you can get it right here. Everyone here has a relationship with Christ. So if the rapture were to happen now, this building would be emptied.